on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man Jacob Goins here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this gorgeous Monday afternoon. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend, whatever it was you were doing. Hope you had a great weekend. It is Monday, back to work, back to the grind. As I graduated from Auburn University on Saturday, so I officially got my degree uh, in journalism from Auburn, and so very excited for that. It was a great uh, day, great weekend spending time with my family and my friends uh, celebrating this major life accomplishment and life achievement of mine uh, graduating from Auburn. So very excited to get to do that. Again, I got to see all my family uh, from uh, places around the state. My mom drove down from Ohio. So it was really, really good to be able to see everybody and celebrate graduating from Auburn University. Again, a lifelong dream of mine that I was able to, uh, to check off the list on Saturday. So really excited to get that done. But we are back to work. It is Monday, and we have so much to talk about here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We have basketball to talk about. We have football to talk about. We're going to have guests on the show. You know how it is. It's Monday. We are stacked up today. Of course, we have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here in hour number one at 2.30. And then at 3.30, Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll join us over the phone talking all things Auburn athletics. So we've got a very, very busy day here on the show. Phone lines are open, though. I want to hear from you, 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. Anything on your mind in the sports world, anything related to Auburn athletics or anything else going on, and you want to talk about it, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Call in. Be on the line, 334-321-1390. Be a part of the show. Be on the line, 334-321-1390. We've got basketball to talk about first. All right, we're talking about some basketball because Auburn is right now, Auburn basketball, they're playing their third and final game overseas against the Israel national team. Of course, last week on Tuesday, I believe, they played the Israel under-20 team. Of course, that team was built up and made of of guys who were basically teenagers uh, in in the country of Israel, their national team of teenagers. Auburn took care of business against them. They scored over 100 points. They beat them by 40 or 50 points. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon, they played the Israel All-Star Select team, and Auburn yet again took care of business. They scored over 100 points. They win uh, by 20 or 30. But today, as the third quarter wraps up, I'm watching it live here in the studio, Auburn playing against the Israel national team, they're down by 10. It is 68 to 58 Israel on top of Auburn as they head to the fourth quarter. And remember, they're playing in Israel and they are playing by the FIBA basketball rules. So they're not playing NCAA college basketball rules. They're playing on the FIBA international rules. And the biggest changes there, there's a different basketball. So it's a little bit more slick than the ones that they're used to playing over here in the States. They play four 10-minute quarters instead of two 20-minute halves, which I think is better. College Men's college basketball is the only one 
They're the only one that play quarter or they play halves. Everybody else, they play they play in quarters. And so Auburn's playing in quarters in this. Uh, those are the biggest ones. There's some other rule changes. They have the 24-second shot clock, which I also like. And there's a couple of other small rules here and there. But as Auburn goes to the fourth quarter against the Israel national team, they trail 68-58. to It's currently on SEC Network. I will give you updates as we sort of talk about what we've seen from Auburn basketball during this trip. We'll talk about what they have talked about they've had and the experiences they've had during this trip and all of that. So if you want to call in, be a part of this, what have you seen that you've liked, maybe disliked, or concerned with, excited about for this Auburn basketball team in these games over in Israel? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We've talked a lot about how important these games are and what these games represent and what they mean for Auburn and the players and the coaches. And we knew in this trip that the first game for sure, probably the first two games, Auburn was going to be the much better team. Auburn was going to have much more talent. They were supposed to win those games. This game, it really is a toss-up in my opinion because you're looking at the Israel national team. They've got a guy that got drafted ninth overall in the NBA draft a couple of years ago, and he's dominating, by the way. I mean, he is taking care of business. Last time I saw, he had 19 points. He probably added on a couple of more since the last time I was looking as we were getting ready to come on the air. I mean, he's absolutely dominating. And you can tell that this Israel national team, the third and final team that Auburn has played on this trip, you can tell they are a team. They play together. Their passing is really good. Their defense is solid. Um, They're not shooting as well as they normally do which is in benefit of Auburn because if they were the Israel team, if they were shooting like they normally do, Auburn could be down by 20 or 25. And you can tell that it's a different style of basketball. Of course, they're playing in Israel. They're playing overseas against different styles of teams. And they play a different style of basketball than what Auburn is used to playing against. And uh, let's be honest, I think it's good for Auburn. It's good for them to see and, and play something different than what they're used to. Right, You're playing a team in Israel that passes the ball extremely well, better than really any team I've seen in a long, long time. Israel is passing the ball extremely well. They take a lot of backdoor cuts. And Auburn, what we've seen so far today, we've seen Auburn on the defensive end really get beat a lot. And they're not necessarily falling asleep, but... We've seen a lot of times where Auburn will overcommit to a player or they'll send a double at one guy and they'll leave a shooter open at the three-point line or they'll send a double at somebody and the other guy will backdoor cut and he'll be wide open for a layup or a dunk. And so those are the things that we're seeing today that were different than the first two games that Auburn played because especially in the game yesterday, if you had a chance to watch that yesterday afternoon, Auburn's defense was locked down, lights out, just overbearing against the Israel All-Star Select team. Auburn's defense is what Jay Billis on the broadcast talked about nonstop. And it was true. The, the, the defense was locked down. They made the right plays. They were communicating. They were forcing turnover after turnover. I believe that they forced like 30-something turnovers yesterday, did Auburn. And like 18 or 20 of those were steals. So not just unforced turnovers from Israel. Auburn was stealing the basketball yesterday. 
little bit different story today. They are forcing some turnovers, but they're not forcing 30 of them. And they're not getting 18 steals today like they did yesterday. But we knew today's competition was going to be a little bit better and what we're finding out a lot better than what they played in the first two games which is fine, and that's what you want to see. You don't want Auburn to go over here and not play any actual competition, go over here and and win by a combined 150 points and you not learn anything and you not get any better because that's why they're doing this, right? You're doing this for all of the off-court stuff. You know, they're going around the cities and they're seeing the historical sites. Uh, Some of them got baptized. They've been uh, just being together and and molding together and meshing together and really getting closer as a team all of that stuff off the floor is fantastic and that's a huge huge part of these types of trips but you want to talk about the stuff on the floor you want to see the team get better and you want to see them learn from these games and learn from these experiences and take that back with them for this upcoming season if you go over here and you beat every, every team by 50, 60 points, you're not going to learn anything. Yeah, maybe a little. You can work on some things, but you're not going to learn. Today, right now, as Auburn's down by eight with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they're learning about themselves right now. They're exactly figuring out where they are as a team right now. Each of these players as an individual, they are finding out where they stand right now, physically, emotionally, mentally everything they are figuring out where they are and that's why you take these types of trips so it's exciting to see Auburn get a little struggle and have a little pushback and have them actually competing and trying to come back and win a basketball game they were down by one at the half Israel took a 10-point lead coming out of the third it's now a six-point game with less than nine minutes to go And what's good about this entire situation is Auburn, win or lose this game today, it's a successful trip. But let's talk about what we've seen so far from Auburn specifically. We'll talk about those first two games, uh, the one last week we already talked about, so we'll really focus on yesterday's game. And then we'll talk about what we've seen today, and we'll talk about this team specifically. Because look, uh, bottom line Bottom line is there's some serious talent on this Auburn basketball team. I think we can all agree on that. If you look, just look at the roster, look at the names, and look where they either came from or who they've been, who they've been playing or whatever, there's a lot of talent on this team. Now, last night on Twitter, I jumped in the Auburn 247 Twitter space talking with uh, Nathan King and Krista Clemente, Jason Caldwell, and a couple other guys, and a bunch of people were in there listening, and I jumped in and gave my two cents, and I said, look, I think this team's going to be better than they were last year. As a team, there is no Jabari Smith. There is no one just alpha dog, big-time name and player, but there's a lot of really, really good players on this team. And I still stand by that. I've said it before. I said it last night in the Twitter space, and I will continue to say it as we get closer to basketball season, and then we'll find out when basketball season gets here. But I do think this team has the potential to be a lot better than they were last year because you look at all the newcomers, and there's so much talent, and there's so much versatility, and there's so many options. I think that's what's big, too. 1 through 12, Auburn's going to be a great basketball team. There's a lot of talent. And you look at the newcomers, whether they're freshmen or they are transfer portal guys, there's some serious, serious skill here. Plus the guys that were here last year that are, I hope, get better 
than they were last year because obviously they weren't good enough last year. And that's okay to say. That's okay to say that. They were not good enough last year. It's time for them to get better this year. So we're going to see how that goes. But as we've seen in these three games, or two and a half, or whatever you want to call it, as Auburn is still in the fourth quarter, it's a four-point game, by the way. 68-64 with 7.53 to go. What we've seen yesterday, again, I mentioned it, the defense for Auburn is what stood out to me. The defense was, was just locked down. They did what they had to do. And through the first half, it was a close game. The Israel All-Star Select team played really well in the first half. Auburn really asserted dominance in the second half. You saw players like Dylan Cardwell and Yoan Traore, or excuse me, Yoan Traore and Janai Broom just dominate down low. You saw the guards force turnovers, force steals, and get out and run and finish in transition. That, those two things is what Auburn does. Those are the strengths of this Auburn basketball team, of this Auburn basketball program. We've seen over the years where shooting is also a major strength. Obviously, the Final Four team was uh, just a, a stupid shooting team, right? I mean, just could knock it down from anywhere, and everybody had the green light. Last year, we saw that take a hit. We saw a lot of guys have the green light, but probably shouldn't have. This year, as I watched these three games, especially today, this team's not going to be a big-time shooting team, folks. I'm just going to be honest. Not that they can't shoot, and not that there are not shooters on this team, but when you look up and down the roster 1-12, through there's only a couple guys that you really, really trust to take a three and knock it down consistently. And, And that's okay, right? This team is not a shooting team. This Auburn basketball team is completely different than what we've seen in years past. So they're going to have to adjust, and Bruce Pearl's going to have to adjust as well. The offense cannot run through three-pointers if the team can't shoot three-pointers consistently. And I don't think this team can, not right now, but it is only August. So we'll see how they adjust. But what we've seen, even yesterday when they won by 30 points, they were shooting decent, but they weren't shooting well. I mean, Dylan Cardwell took a three yesterday. That should not happen. (laughs) okay I love the guy he's a great player he's a great energy guy and the one time he made a three the whole state went ballistic which is fine but Dylan Cardwell shouldn't be shooting a three and watching the game today I don't see a consistent shooter on this team I see where KD Johnson can take a three and knock it down I've seen where Wendell Green can take a three and knock it down I've seen where Maybe Yoan Treor can step out and make a three. Maybe Alan Flanagan can make a three. But there's no just one guy. Zeb Jasper, kind of the same way. I think he needs to be more aggressive on offense. Same thing we said at the end of last year. But when I look up and down this team right now for Auburn basketball, there's no just one guy that I say, give that man the rock behind the three-point line and he's going to knock it down. I just don't see that right now. Maybe we'll find that. But I haven't seen it in these three games in Israel. And so maybe that's what they need to work on. But again, can Auburn see the problems and fix the problems? That's the situation we saw at the end of last year. There were problems, but Auburn never fixed them. That's what worries me about Bruce Pearl a little bit. Can he learn from that? Can he learn from last year's team? Okay, we had some problems starting to build in January and February, but we never did anything about it, and it came back to bite us in March. 
It's early right now. It's only August. That's what's exciting. It's only August. And we know there are some issues with this team, but we don't know. We don't know who's going to be playing with who. We don't know who the starting five is. There's time to figure those things out. But that's why you play these games in Israel. You go over and you play some high-level competition, and you find out what your team is right now. You find out the strengths. You find out the weaknesses. And you go from there. So that's what's exciting. And speaking of which, under seven minutes, Auburn's cut the lead to three. It's 70-67. to Israel on top with seven minutes to go. This team's going to be different this year for Auburn. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be good. But I've also said I think it's going to take some time. I think it'll be SEC play before we truly see how good this team is going to be. I think it's going to take 15 or 20 games before we fully see what this team can become and really see the talent blend together until we find out the right rotation of a starting five and a bench and all of that. It's going to take a little bit of time, but that's okay. This year's team for Auburn will be different, but I think they are going to be better than last year's team if they develop in the right way. Hey, we're off and running here in hour number one. What do you think about all this? What do you think about Auburn basketball right now? What have you seen that you've liked in Israel? Are you watching the game right now? What do you think about today's game as Auburn trails the Israel national team by five with six minutes to go? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. Let's take our first break here in hour number one. When we come back, question of the day. It revolves around Auburn basketball. Don't you worry. We'll have that when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Monday edition of On the Line as it revolves around Auburn basketball. The Tigers currently down by five with 444 to go in the fourth quarter over in Israel. They cut it to a one-point game. It's back up to a five-point game now for Israel. A lot of good fight out of Auburn is what I've seen uh, during the commercial and just watching it. I've got it on here in the studio. I'm watching it uh, as I talk to you guys. And you know, just a really good fight so far from this team. They were down by 10-plus in this second half, and there's an offensive foul. Auburn's got to get the ball back with 436. But win or lose, Auburn has learned some things in this game today, and that's what you want to see from this game and from this trip for Auburn. But question of the day to you is this. In these three games in Israel, I know we're still waiting on this third one to go final, but in these three games, Which player for Auburn basketball has impressed you the most and why? That's the question of the day to you. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. Be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. Which player for Auburn basketball has impressed you the most in this trip to Israel? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. It can be a newcomer, a freshman transfer. It can be a former player uh, that was on the team last year that is returning this year. Which player has impressed you the most so far during this trip in Israel for Auburn basketball? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. And as I kind of watch Auburn, uh, some sloppy turnovers here down the stretch. And Israel, man, I'm telling you what, in transition and their passing is just so good, man. They are just so good in transition and good with their passes. And not just a not just a simple chest pass. They're doing between the legs, behind the back, no looks. I mean, they're doing everything. 
It's just unbelievable. They are really a fantastic international team. And again, a great test for Auburn to go over and play this type of talent because it is different. And throughout this summer, they've only been playing each other. So it's good for them to see something different. But if I were to answer the question of the day, asking which Auburn basketball player has impressed me the most during this trip in Israel I got to go with Yoan Treor, man. I think he's playing fantastic basketball. Today, he's been a little bit quieter in this third game, but the first two games, you really could see how good of a player he is and how good of a player he can become. I think he will be that guy on the team this year. I hope that's the case because I think he is that type of player. I think he has that type of talent. You've seen him pull up and shoot the ball at times. Again, I talked about in the first segment, I'm not confident in anybody shooting the basketball on this team right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if I'm looking for somebody that's been impressive so far in this trip to Israel or impressed me the most, it's Yohan Treor because he has shown his footwork, his inside offensive game, his mid-range offensive game, a little bit of his outside offensive game, and we've seen his defensive side as well. You can see where he was dominating in high school and in the first two games where Auburn was out-talented, or excuse me, where Auburn out-talented the other teams, when Auburn was just better straight up with talent versus the two teams they played, you could see Treor dominate his position and dominate his matchup on both sides of the floor. That's what's exciting to see this upcoming season as Auburn is now down by nine, possibly 10 with 3.22 to go in this fourth quarter. I think Treor can be an absolute superstar for Auburn this season. I think he has a long way to go. He's got some development, but I think everybody on this team is. There's nobody right now for Auburn that I'd say, yep, they're in perfect position, perfect shape, perfect form. Nothing needs to change. Uh, I think everybody on this team has something to work with and something to work on before this season gets going and before, uh, you know, before conference play and as the season goes on. They all have some things to work on. But in these three games for Auburn, it has been Treor. You've seen his footwork, his, his basketball handling skills, right? His handles have been really, really good. His post moves, I mean, just the whole nine yards, a player that you want him to be with his size and his versatility, he has proven it so far in Israel. I'm excited to see what he does in the offseason if he gets any bigger it's still the offseason technically but if he puts on any more muscle any more weight we'll see if he decides to go that route or if he's going to try to play the lengthy game sort of like we saw Jabari Smith and obviously Treyor is not shooting like Jabari Smith and I think Treyor is going to have more of an inside presence than Jabari did but I would like to see if he puts on any more muscle or weight I think that could help him down low and see and that would help him in SEC play so we'll see he is the one who has impressed me the most. I tweeted about it yesterday. He's going to be a superstar. And this is a guy you will see playing on the next level, playing in the NBA. That's just a, I mean, that's almost a guaranteed, in my opinion. I think there's a couple of guys on this team right now for Auburn that will be playing at the next level. Treor is one. I think Chance Westry is another one. 
uh, you know, there's there's some guys on this team that are going to be playing in the NBA thanks to Bruce Pearl and thanks to this Auburn basketball program. But as we sit here, there's 3:09 to go. Israel is at the free throw line and is 81 to 73, and it's been turnovers for Auburn. They had a couple of chances, and really foul trouble has really hurt this team. Alan Flanagan has two points and five fouls. He has sat down on the bench. Um, uh, it really has been a problem for Auburn today, fouling Israel and putting them on the free throw line. And as, the, as I say that, they pull the free throw graphic up. Israel has shot 40 free throws today. They've made 30 of them for a good 75%. Israel shot 40 free throws today, and there's still three minutes to go. We know how the end of basketball games go. They're probably going to shoot five or six, seven more. That's a problem for Auburn. You don't want to put a good shooting team on the free throw line as Janai Broom misses one himself. So Auburn losing the free throw battle, uh, probably losing the floor shooting battle, and overall, they just kind of been out-talented today. And that's okay. That's okay. There's still a chance. They're down by nine with three minutes to go. But I think this is a great chance for Auburn to learn where they are and try to figure out their weaknesses. How can they fix those before the season gets here? We've still got a ways to go. But what a great trip for Auburn. Win or lose today, it was a successful trip for Auburn to Israel. Halfway through hour number one, stay tuned. Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central, will be on the phone to join us. All things Alabama, stay tuned. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Taking a break from talking about Auburn because it's Monday afternoon, so it is Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line. Joey, hope you're doing well. We got a lot to talk about. We'll start with Alabama basketball because they are on a trip of their own, uh, playing some overseas teams on a little trip, sort of like Auburn is doing in Israel. What can you tell us about this trip so far for Alabama basketball? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, as always. Alabama basketball opened its, uh, I guess you could call it, a preseason in a way. Uh, they're having a European summer tour right now. They played their first game today uh, in Barcelona against the Spanish Select team. Uh, really solid performance. Also, while, it was, while nobody was able to watch it because it wasn't streamed, uh, we were able to follow live stats. And a decent day for uh, you know a lot of the new players for Alabama basketball, and they still have a uh, I believe they take a day off and then they'll travel to Paris where they're going to take on the Lithuanian national team as well as the Chinese national team. So a lot of, a lot of good basketball coming up the next few days for Alabama basketball. Well, we're talking about the trip for Auburn and really just the trips in general for some of these SEC schools. Uh, Kentucky's going down to Mexico to play a couple of these games. Of course, you're talking about Alabama playing some some international teams. Auburn wrapping up their trip in Israel why is it important for these teams in August, these SEC teams in particular, to take these types of trips and play a different level of talent overseas? Well, obviously, you know, the first answer is that it, it, it provides, uh, it provides you know, competition for these teams. You know, it gives them, you know, it gives them, a, gives them those 10 extra practices before the tour that the NCAA allows. Um, so they get those practices, get to kind of find some, some team cohesion and get to face an opponent that, you know, isn't on their, you know, isn't, isn't one of their own. But on top of that, you know, it's also about building locker room culture and building culture within the program. I know that's something that both Bruce Pearl 
Federal and NATO heavily emphasize within their respective programs. And um, the earlier you can start at that, the better. You know, for a team like Alabama, you can have a lot of turnover. Um, but compared to last year, they brought in a really solid recruiting class and a couple of decent transfers. So um, it's really important to get these guys, you know, well integrated into the, into the returners. And I think that trips like this do a great job of that. Joey, the next two games for Alabama against those squads, are they going to be uh, available on TV or streaming or anything? Do you know? Unfortunately, they will not be. Um, there is a great app uh, that I can recommend um, called uh, called Swish, um, where you can, if, if Auburn fans are interested, they can watch the live updates and live stats from there. But unfortunately, the games will not be. Uh, sorry, I'm at trying to I just got home. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're good. Unfortunately, these games will not be available for streaming, um, other than those stats. I got you. So uh, I guess I was going to ask you what you would be looking for, but you're not really going to be able to watch it. But who are a couple of players for Alabama in these couple of games overseas that you want to see have good performances? Well, you know, we saw today, you know, Alabama won today. They beat, uh, they beat Spain 108-64. And some of the players that, that stuck out were, of course, Brandon Miller, uh, who had 19 points, who really did well in the scrimmage that they had that fans could go to last week. Also, Ryland Griffin today had 19 points. Um, uh, I know a lot of people were looking forward to seeing what the starting lineup was, and it was an interesting one. But at the same time, you know, this is some uh, for foreign tours like this, you never really want to take much stock in the starting lineup because obviously you have players that are still working back, you have players that are coming back from injury as well. Um, it was good to see Namari Burnett out there. Um, he had a he had a solid game, you know, with, with ten points, um, and and you know, obviously he missed last year with a with an ACL injury that required surgery. So good to see him back, but. You know, over these next couple of games, I'd like to see that trio as well as a couple of the transfers. You also have Noah Gurley returning, Marcus Sears, who had eight points today. So um, just a lot, of, a lot of stuff to look for in these next couple of games. Speaking with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line, let's talk football because it is, it is rapidly approaching football season. We are 26 days away from Auburn and Alabama kicking off the season. Obviously, Auburn and Alabama have both started fall practice, fall camp. It's a couple of days in. What have you seen so far from Alabama on the football field that's caught your eye? Yeah, you know, well, we're not able to view practices this year, unfortunately. The media is not allowed to get on the on the field, which is unfortunate. But you know, from oh, I didn't we, know that. What we've heard, yeah, uh, but what we have heard, uh, normally we are, but this year it seems like you know, since COVID, they're still taking, I guess, I guess, a little extra precautions. But from what we've heard so far, you know, we talked to both Will Anderson and uh, wide receiver Jacory Brooks today. Um, both of them, you know, very positive. It's actually Jacory Brooks' first time meeting with the media because um, Alabama typically doesn't allow freshmen. Uh, to meet with the media, and he's he's risen up. Obviously, Corey Brooks is the name the Auburn fans will know from last year's Iron Bowl. He was very crucial in that fourth down drive and then overtime. Uh, but Will Anderson, you know, talked primarily about the leadership in this team and how that was a problem last year and how they're certainly looking to grow from that this year. I think discipline and leadership have been two very key elements that this team is focusing on heading into this year. And then just to recap yesterday, you know, yesterday was Alabama's fall camp media day, so we got to talk to Nick Saban as well as Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien and defensive coordinator Pete Golding. Um, I think the headline from that was, uh, sorry, the thunder just scared the mess out of me. It landed about 30 <laughs> feet away from me in my car. Um, I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, um, we car- did. Be Please be careful. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in my car. Hopefully I'll be safe. Uh, but uh, sorry, we'll talk. Oh, I think the biggest thing from yesterday was, was Pete Golding um, talking about how, you know, obviously he had the offseason DUI charge and how, you know, that's really created an opportunity. Obviously, it was 
disappointing, but at the same time, it's created an opportunity for him to grow as, a, as not just a coach, but as a man and as a person and how, you know, in order to be a leader, you have to lead by example. And that's something that he's really put a focus on. And then Bill O'Brien talking about how much he's enjoyed coaching in Alabama. And I could go on and on about all the stuff that's been said, but those are just some of the highlights so far. We're speaking with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line. This is an interesting question that I want to ask you because I was not aware that the media was not able to go and watch Alabama practice. It sounds like post-COVID, Nick Saban took advantage and was able to say, maybe I don't want the media here. We can try to play it off a little bit. But um, let me ask you this. Obviously, you're a journalist and you're working for Bama Central with the Sports Illustrated site. How does that change how you as a journalist cover this Alabama team through fall practice? Well, you know, it means that I watch the film that they send us <laughs> a lot more than I used to. Um, you know, Alabama uh, media has always been allowed to view the practices, but of course in 2020, that's when that started. Last year, they allowed us to attend several of the early, of uh, the first, I think it was the first two or three practices we were able to go to, but then a couple of players contracted COVID. So um, I don't think the media was a, was a, was what caused that, but I think just due to precaution, they held us back from practices the rest of the year. And then this year, just um, it, there's been rumors we might be able to start watching practices, you know, once the season starts. But for now, we're still stuck on the sidelines. Um, but you got to watch that practice film and, and you got to just pay more attention to what the players and what the coaches tell you that happened in practice. And Joey, let me ask you this about Alabama. When is their first scrimmage? Uh, because that's where so much information comes out of. I know in here in Auburn, and I'm sure the same way in Tuscaloosa, when is Alabama's first scrimmage? It'll be this coming Saturday. Um, that scrimmage we held at Bryant-Denny Stadium, once again, it's going to be closed to the media, but we will talk to Nick Saban um, right after he walks off the field in the Bryant-Denny media room. So we will definitely be peppering him with questions about what happened, and no doubt we'll be passing that information on. Right, and so in that scrimmage, I guess in this week leading up and then in that scrimmage, what are some storylines that you expect to get from that, whether it be position battles or development of certain players, either newcomers or guys from last year, just some of the things that you'll be looking for from that first scrimmage? Well, you know, I think uh, one of the things that's interested me so far this year has been the wide receiver room. Obviously, you know, you have two transfers coming in, Jermaine Burton and Tyler Harrell. Um, Tyler Harrell has been limited with an injury, so I'm going to first off look and see if he's on the field, um, or if he's still being limited, um, I want to. But I want to see, you know, the development of Jacory Brooks and you know, um, and and that wide receiver room, the returners that they have coming back, and see where they stand. Obviously, this is a loaded wide receiver room that sees a lot of improvements compared to last year. Obviously, they lose Jamison Williams and John Mechie, but Harrell and Jermaine Burton seem to be, you know, well on their way to doing a solid job and taking their place. Um, I think another question I'd, I'd like to see. On the defensive side of the football, there's been a lot of murmurs that Nick Saban and T. Golding are really trying to have a three-man pass rush in having Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Chris Braswell on the field all at the same time. Henry Toto has also talked about how he's really um, trying to improve his pass rush and be able to hang in there with the big guys like Anderson and Dallas Turner. So that's going to be something on the defensive side of the ball that I'm really looking at, along with the safeties and how Eli Ricks plays into that. What about that three-man rush? Is that something you could actually see happening, and do you think it would be effective for Alabama to run that? I do think it would be effective, um, but as far as actually running it, it's definitely not going to be something that they play every, every you know, they have running every play. I think it's something that you could have in specific scenarios, particularly all-out blitzes. Um, I think it could be very effective. Obviously, Dallas Turner and Will Anderson have both proven themselves to be effective pass rushers and effective containers and incredibly effective getting to the quarterback. Chris Braswell has done so in spurts. 
but from what I've heard, he's really developed this spring and over the summer. And if he can, if he can be on par with Turner and Anderson, that's definitely scary for a lot of offensive lines in the SEC. We're speaking with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line. Joey, today the uh, preseason top 25 coaches poll was released, and big shocker, I know, Alabama was ranked number one from the coaches around college football. They received 54 of the 65 first-place votes, followed by Ohio State with five, Georgia with six. Uh, Somebody voted Texas as first. I'm not sure how that went down, but somebody did vote (laughs) Texas to be first, but Again, Alabama is ranked first in the preseason top 25 coaches poll, followed by Ohio State and Georgia. Your thoughts on this once again? Yeah, you know, I've never really, this is just a personal opinion, I've never really put thought into preseason rankings. Um, I think that, in my opinion, players should, uh, teams should probably should be ranked until after at least the first few games of the season. Um, I like for everybody to start on the, on the even playing field rather than providing, you know, potential advantage for a team like Alabama that's, that's first. I like for teams to earn their spot. Um, but that being said, you know, it is the way that it is. And Alabama is number one. Um, I don't think that's really a shocker to anybody, like you said. Um, I think Alabama is a better team than they were last year. And last year they competed for a national championship. Um, I am a little bit surprised to see that first place vote um, fr- from Texas. I think Texas A&M being at number seven uh, could be a little bit low. Um, but I think that's a solid ranking for them. And I, I was uh, ple- uh, pleasantly surprised to see Auburn received 98 votes. Obviously not enough to be in the top 20. 25, but uh, but I, I think that you know Auburn receiving 98 votes is a good sign of uh, of that there are still people that believe in this team, and a lot of people have, of course, went to see the practices. I of course personally haven't, but I'd like to see Auburn move up um, and having Kentucky in the top 25 as well as Arkansas and Ole Miss, you know, below 20th. I, I think that there's a lot of potential for um, the SEC this year. And Joey, do you think with, because I was going to ask you about that, Auburn receiving some of the votes to get into the top 25, they received 98 of them, like you mentioned. Obviously, they're not in it just yet, but whether it be the coaches poll or eventually, you know, the, the polls that come out, all of them come out through the year. With a hot start for Auburn, do you think they could work their way into the top 25 early on this season? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think Auburn does have the capabilities of, of winning a, a decent amount of games early this season. Um, I, I, I don't have their schedule in front of me right now, but I believe their schedule kind of gets tougher as it goes along, other than having Alabama and Georgia split. Um, so I, I think that Auburn could definitely win you know, several of its first few games and crack that top 25. Now, where they are at the end of the season, that, that's kind of another question entirely. But I think early on, we could definitely see them crack the top 25. No, you're, you're exactly right. It, it does get tougher as the year goes on. Of course, Auburn starts with five straight home games. They start with two uh, lesser opponents, and then they play Penn State. They have uh, Missouri and LSU. All of those games are at home, and then they go on the road to Georgia. So it does get tougher as the season goes on, but it is good to see Auburn receiving some of those first-place votes. Speaking with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line. Joey, it's always good talking to you, my friend. Get inside and stay safe. But before you do, let everybody know where they can keep up with you my man absolutely well everybody can follow me on twitter at blackwell sports obviously i do focus on alabama journalism as we have to do work for an alabama site but at the same time i pride myself on being objective so when auburn does well i talk well about them you know in addition to alabama so um follow me at twitter blackwell sports and of course famacentral.com and find us on twitter under that same name excellent well man get inside before uh thunder strikes again or lightning strikes again how about that get inside i'll talk to you next week my friend Absolutely. Will do. Thank you, Jacob.
That was Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Always good to bring him on, get us caught up on everything going on in Tuscaloosa. Next week, we'll talk to him about the first scrimmage for Alabama and see what uh, what comes out of that. I was not aware that Alabama media was not able to go to practice and watch or go to the scrimmages. Auburn, uh, Auburn media were able to go and see the practices on a limited availability, right? You don't get to go and watch the entire thing, but Auburn Media is able to go and watch a little bit of the practices. Uh, It's a little bit tougher for me just because a lot of the practices are in the afternoon. Obviously, my show is in the afternoon, but uh, the best that I can, I'm going to try and go to Auburn practices and scrimmages. Whatever I'm able to do, I'm going to try and go and get you guys coverage and, and, and get just information right and just see what is going on at practice right now I'm hearing good things from other media members and friends of mine in the media and also hearing some things from the players so we'll see how it goes but I will do my best to get out to some of these practices as much as I can and see what Auburn's doing but big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central coming on here on the Monday edition of On the Line Uh, sounds like some storms rolling through Tuscaloosa so hopefully everything is okay over there let's take our final break here in hour number one when we come back We're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves and how they dropped the ball in New York this weekend. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central hopping on the show uh, like he does on every Monday afternoon to talk all things Alabama athletics, uh, everything going on in Tuscaloosa. So big thank you to Joey Blackwell sitting in his car during what sounded like a thunderstorm. So hopefully he's okay. We appreciate his dedication to the show every single week on Monday afternoons. Got a few more minutes here before before we get out of here for hour number one make sure you stay tuned at three o'clock hour number two we're gonna have so much more to talk about here on the monday edition of on the line update on auburn basketball final score against the israel national team the tigers fall 95 to 86 they lose by nine to the israel national team look man you, you we talked about it auburn they had a successful trip to israel right They played two teams that they were much better than. They outplayed them, and they had two big blowout wins. Okay, that's fantastic. That's good. It's exciting for Auburn to see them get two big blowout wins. Then you go up against a team that's got legit professional basketball players on it. I mean, we saw some skill on this Israel national team today. If you didn't get a chance to watch the game live today, I highly recommend you go back and watch it whether you recorded it or uh, SEC Network will probably re-air the game sometime today or tomorrow, maybe even tonight. Uh, may, they may end up doing something like that. But if you have a chance, I highly recommend you go back and re-watch uh, the, watch the rerun or the replay, whatever it may be, of today's game. Because there are some good things to watch from Auburn basketball today. But you're going to see where there was a talent level difference. There was a skill level difference between the Israel national team and Auburn basketball at this point in time, right? You're playing against a team of legit professionals that play together all the time. You're playing against some guys that have played or are playing in the NBA. So you got to remember that too. And Auburn, 
this is a, a program right now for the Tigers who they haven't even played real games together yet. They've played against each other, but they haven't played anything like this. And so it was a successful trip in Israel. Uh, they played, of course, the Israel Under-20 team. They played the the Israel All-Star Select team. And then today they played the Israel National team. They fall 95-86. to They had cut the lead to one. They were down by one at the half. They ended up getting down by 10 or more at some point in the second half. They cut it all the way back to one, uh, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. Showed a lot of fight down the stretch. And, and I think there's a lot to be... Uh, to be happy about, to be positive about coming out of this game today. And overall, the trip for Auburn uh, playing the Israel teams over there. So it was a successful trip. Yeah, it, it hurts to see Auburn lose today. But good thing is, these games don't matter. So that's what's good is win or lose, the games don't even matter who wins or loses. Yeah, you want to see Auburn win, but it doesn't affect you in any way. You still learned a whole lot. These kids got a once-in-a-lifetime trip. They've talked about the impact it's had on them. The coaches have talked about the impact that it's had on the players. And overall, I think it was a great trip, very successful. And for Auburn, you go two of three. You lose to a team of professional basketball players. That is nothing to hang your head over whatsoever. But you know where you stand. You know where you are as an individual player and as a team and as a program. You know exactly where you are because there were so many different combinations of five on the floor at the same time for Auburn. You saw so many different rotations. You saw three different starting lineups. You saw different guys coming off the bench. Some guys played a lot more than others. Some were more impactful than others. You know where you stand at this point. With the season coming up in just a few months, you know where you stand right now and you know what you have to work on. You know in the areas where you got to get better. And let's be honest, there's some areas right now for Auburn basketball they got to get better. That's it for hour number one. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the Braves at hour number two. We'll have making headlines and Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. All of that coming up in hour number two. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, if you missed anything from hour number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast or go to ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center. It will be right there. I upload it every day following the show commercial free, so make sure you go and find that. If you're still here from hour number one, thank you so much for just now tuning in for hour number two. Thank you as well. I appreciate you all tuning in here on this Monday afternoon. We have a lot to talk about 
here in hour number two. Uh, if you missed hour number one, we talked a lot of Auburn basketball as they just wrapped up their game against the, the wow, excuse me, against the Israel national team. We're going to talk about that here in hour number two. We talked to Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central. We talked to him. So if you missed any of that, be sure and go and find the podcast. Catch up on hour number one uh, later on today after the show. But here in hour number two, we have a lot to talk about with Auburn basketball. Auburn football, some headlines going on around the sports world, and of course, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We'll talk to him at 3.30, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Phone lines are open here in hour number two. Give me a call. What's on your mind? I'd love to hear from you. Anything from over the weekend, anything from today with Auburn basketball, anything on your mind in the sports world, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. 334-321-1390. You can call in, be on the line, be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind? I had the question of the day. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, But again, anything on your mind, I'd love to hear from you call in be on the show be on the line 334-321-1390 well let's go into making headlines and we'll do it like we do every day to start hour number two uh first of all we are 26 days away from college football for auburn getting underway the days are going by quick folks 26 days away from september 3rd when auburn football kicks off the season High school football, I'm pretty sure there's some schools around here that are getting started this week. I know Lee Scott, uh, my, my school that I'm doing play-by-play for on the Lee Scott Sports Network, uh, we get going next Thursday. Our first game is at Chambers on Thursday night. So, And then Auburn High is on Friday night. I mean, they get started next week. High school football is right around the corner. I know kids are going back to school already. It's crazy, man. I, I just cannot believe that school is already back in. I am done. Uh, in case you did not hear, I graduated from Auburn University on Saturday, so very excited uh, to, to announce that and, and be a part of a very, very prestigious group of, of Auburn graduates. So very excited for that. I got to do that on Saturday and see all of my family who came down uh, and and supported me and got to hang out with friends and see them and celebrate over the weekend. So was very excited to do that. But just seeing everybody get back in town and move in for, for Auburn University and kids going back to high school, middle school, elementary, kindergarten, whatever it may be, it's crazy to see everybody getting back into school here on August 8th. Uh, seems a little early, but hey, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the process. I'm not in school anymore. But we're 26 days away from college football for Auburn getting underway. We're even closer than that for college football in general. We're going to have some NFL preseason uh, over the next couple of weekends. And then college football will be here. So it's so close. I mean, we can we can see it on the calendar, right? You can see it on the calendar. You pull up the month of August. You start looking at the dates and the weekends, and you can see college football on it. Anybody that planned a wedding, you ain't going. Just go ahead and tell them you're not coming. We can see football. It's on the horizon. It's starting to come up a little bit, and you can start to see it. 26 days away for Auburn football kicking off the season as we get into making headlines here on Monday, August 8th, 2022. Auburn basketball has finished up their three game tour in or playing the Israel national teams of course last week they played the Israel under 20 team they took care of business in that game they were uh, big time victory against the Israel under 20 team 
Yesterday afternoon, the Tigers took on the Israel All-Star Select team. They were able to take care of business against that team in the second half. They were able to pull away and win by uh, more than 20 points, I believe. They were up by 20 uh, for pretty much the entire second half. Yesterday was Auburn on the Israel All-Star Select team. And then today, the Tigers played against the Israel national team. This is the national team for Israel, uh, the professional team that plays over there. They've got some NBA guys, literally guys that have been drafted into the NBA. They have a lot of talent, and they play really, really well. And Auburn falls short to the Israel national team, 95-86. to If you had a chance to watch the game today, what would you think about it? I'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. Me personally, when I was watching it, you know, I had it on uh, getting ready for the show and then I had it on during the first hour as the game was wrapping up. Auburn didn't play great. They didn't play bad. But when you look at Israel, they didn't play great or play bad either. Auburn gave them a lot of chances. I mean, this team shot from the free throw line over 40 times. That was the last number I saw and that was with like three minutes to go in the game. Auburn fouled them so much, and Israel had over 40 free throw attempts, and at that time, they had made 30 of 40 free throws, so they were shooting uh, just really, really well as a team from the free throw line. I mean, no matter who you're playing, whether it's an Israel national team full of professional basketball players, or if you're playing Alabama State or whatever it may be on the basketball floor, if you give a team that many chances from the free throw line, you're going to put yourself in a position to lose. And that's sort of what happened today with Auburn between giving Israel so many free throws and Israel really, really, really passing the ball well. I mean, they they had a fantastic day passing the ball. You could tell this is a team that plays together, they know each other, and they work on those certain things. Israel is a fantastic team. Uh, they, they took care of business. They beat Auburn today 95-86. to And one thing to remember with this trip playing these Israel teams is it was a successful trip. Auburn goes two of three. Okay, you beat two Israel teams. You lose to the national team that has professional basketball players on it. Uh, it was a game where Auburn could have won. They were able to get a lead all the way down to one uh, for Israel, uh, but they were down by one or two at the half. They ended up getting down by 10 or more in the second half. They closed it all the way to one, but Auburn, uh, effort-wise, the effort was there, and you can see where this team is going. Let's head to the uh, the uh, phone lines, 3-3-4. Four three two one thirteen ninety. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Uh, yeah, this is Ed. How hey, Ed. How are you, man? What you got? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had a couple of uh, comments. I was just gonna uh, uh, one on the basketball. Yeah. Uh, just like you were saying, this is the type of team teams that have been together uh, that go deep in the in the in the NCAA tournament. So this is great for Auburn to, you know, play against a team like that and mm-hmm. see how just that that part of the game is very important. And I think they did pretty well. I, you know, I'm happy for them. I, a couple of guys getting baptized. We've got to feel good about that, and, you know, the River Jordan. Uh, but the, uh, I was going to ask you, I, I'm kind of wondering, uh, listening to national shows, mm-hmm. on Nick Saban. Okay. Um, it's right around SEC media days that he he came out and was very public. You know, made it, he was all against anybody trying to get 
uh, kids to flip after these kids have enough, you know, pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now his last three, three, I think, out of his last four commits were flips, you know, that he got. Right. And the, and the second thing, when you are, you have more money spent in your athletic program uh, year in, year out than pr- pretty much, you know, most schools, I know A&M spent a lot of money here lately, and, and a lot of people have. But year in and year out, Alabama's right up there at the top. You've got you've got the massive coaching staff that he hires. Anybody, if, if you can um, spend, if you spent time coaching, he'll hire you. You know, mm-hmm. and put, and uh, and every year you're in the top three or four, if not number one in recruiting. How in the heck do you come up crying like a baby after you lost two games, saying, it, oh, that was a rebuilding year? You should not have a rebuilding <laughs> year when you recruit like he has recruited. That is the uh, that is why, why, why. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm so sick of hit that dumb baby butt. He received a lot of criticism for that, Ed. You're not the only one. I mean, I don't know if you saw Paul Feinbaum. He had some comments about it, too. Well, well, listen, he should. That is ridiculous. That's, you know, I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ed, we've had this conversation before. It, with somebody like Nick Saban, who holds himself to such a standard and holds Alabama to such a high standard, where they really, really do believe that they can win and should win a national championship every year. And so a season like last year, where they lose two games and they lose in the national championship, he is disappointed. Now, there's a lot of programs that would love to be in that situation, Ed. Auburn's one of them. Well, listen, listen let me tell you this. Uh, it, it, just because he, he's disappointed because he lost two games against teams who had inferior. Well, Georgia was kind of close, but he he is losing when he loses a game. He's always losing a game against teams with inferior talent. So he's got no excuse, and there is no such thing as a rebuilding year when you have had. When you've got the coaches, you've got the program, you've got the sustained success, and you, you, you're belly aching because you lost two games. He's a piece of friggin' wham, wham, wham. <laughs> look, I, yeah, I mean, look, I just, I don't know if rebuilding was the term to use for Nick Saban, that but. That's the term he used. That's yeah, the term he used. Oh, I know it's the one he used. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's the one he should have used because. At Alabama, all they do is lose talent, but then they restock and reload. So look, and you're right, they've got they've got some of the best facilities. They have some of the most money. So that is the word he used. I'm not saying that. I know that's what he said, but yeah. I'm not sure that's maybe what he should have said. Uh, what we, uh, of course, uh, um, when you've got uh, the best players coming in and out of your program every year, there's no excuse in saying we will rebuild. And that that's just it, it's. It, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, look, he said it, and he's he's received some flack for it, and you're not the only one. Ed, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, sir. Thanks, bud. That was Ed here on the Monday edition of On the Line, starting out hour number two with a bang. If you want to call in, be a part of the show like Ed, I'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. Just to comment on that real quick, and we'll move on. Uh, again, Saban said that last year was a rebuilding year for Alabama. I don't know if that's the way he should have said it. A lot of people hated on him for that because just like Ed said, Alabama doesn't have rebuilding years right now under Nick Saban. They just restock, reload, and they go after it again. 
But again, with somebody like Nick Saban, he expects to win national championships every year. That is a legitimate expectation for himself and Alabama as a football program. So when you lose two games and you lose in the national championship, you can say that last year was a and I don't even know, you got to be careful talking about this. You don't want to say that it was uh, a disappointment because then you're talking bad about your player. It probably was disappointing for them to not win it, but I don't think last year was a rebuilding year for Alabama when you play in the national championship. I just don't agree with that. You can talk about Clemson the same way. They had three losses last year. You still can't say it's a rebuilding year, right? You hear this term rebuild in professional sports a lot because you'll see a team who they'll be playing well and then they lose some of their big-time talent and so they just give everybody away, trade them away, do whatever, and they start a rebuild and they start from the bottom and they start signing new people and rebuilding their team and organization. You see that a lot in professional sports. College Every year is technically a rebuild because you're losing a four. Realistically, I know the math isn't perfect, but you're losing, give or take, a fourth of your team every year. Some schools like Alabama, you lose a lot more. And I'm just saying from guys graduating, that doesn't count guys going to the league or going and and doing whatever. Transferring now, right? That's a big time thing as well. So every year is technically a rebuild year in college athletics because you're losing players left and right and now in the year 2022 that's even more the case because of the transfer portal so Saban saying that last year was a rebuilding year no that's not a rebuilding year when you win when you win all but two games and you lose in the national championship game it's not a rebuilding year was it disappointing and upsetting for him to lose the national championship Absolutely. But you want to talk about somebody who's trying a rebuild year? There's a lot of other programs that are in a rebuild stage right now. And there's about 99% of programs around college football that would pay lots and lots and lots of money to be in a quote-unquote rebuild year like Alabama. Look, Ed, I appreciate the call. Uh, Saban's comments, I didn't agree with it. Most people did not as well. Look, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue making headlines. We'll also have question of the day when we come back. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More making headlines when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. We have some more making headlines, but before we do, let's head back to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Dak, you're on line one. Welcome in. Hey, Jacob. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. I just got the car listening a little bit. Y'all haven't touched on the article. It was on the L.com about the recruiting, did you? Uh, no, I have not talked about that yet. What you got? Oh, man, it was a big, big uh, gasoline on the fire for Auburn. Out of 75 coaches, they graded the recruiting and, and the coaches that recruit, and we were dead last. Oh, I, I, is that the article about the high school coaches talking about? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that, Dak. Yeah, I haven't talked about it, but I did see that. Yeah, that don't look good, does it? No, no, no it, it doesn't look good. But I think that may be a lot of from the beginning, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it could be because if you remember in the beginning, it was not pretty. And there was a lot of coaches in this state and programs in the high school level that 
had never talked to Brian Harson, never met Brian Harson. Some of them didn't even know who he was. You know what I mean? So I get that. You know, I, I get that. Right. But he's had another year. Yeah. And when you when you come in behind Troy and UAB and all the other small colleges, that that. that that's not good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it's not a good look. I, I did see that article this morning. I didn't know that's what you were referencing, but I did see that. And, um, yeah, it, it's not a great look. I'll be honest with you, Ben. That's uh, especially in this state, man, it's so big to, to have a relationship with these big-time high school coaches. And I thought that the Tiger Takeover event, you know, that they did back a couple of months ago where the coaches split up and they went to all the big high schools around the state and, and some other ones in neighboring states, I thought that would help that situation. Uh, maybe it will in the future, but I guess not right now. Well, you know, the article does go in depth about – being able to pick up the phone as a high school coach and be able to talk one-on-one. And, and I think no matter how much they go and recruit on certain days out of the month, it's that relationship that you got to have that, that a coach can pick up the phone and, and get that coach and talk to them. I think that's what's lacking from what I've heard and read. And so maybe, maybe we'll change that. that. Maybe you're right. I yeah. hope so. But that, that, kind of just threw a little bit of gasoline on the fire for for the season now yeah no you're 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 not wrong about that and I think one thing I've talked about that's really important in my book is when you go you know I I think it's important for these coaches for Auburn and, and any other school really to go to a high school even if there's not a kid there that you're recruiting at this very moment that's right. right you want to go to this school and make that that uh, relationship in case a kid shows up two three four years from now right you don't want to be you don't want to be that's ghost right. in the a uh, ghost in the dark and then a big time kid shows up and all of a sudden hey now you're interested you know it's all about perception so we'll we'll see how it goes man Right, so. Yeah, no problem. That was Dak here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And Ed, back in the first segment, you could call in as well. 334-321-1390. I love hearing from you, the listener. When you call in, get involved. Be on the line. I love hearing from you. Well, anything else on your mind, give me a call. 334-321-1390. We'll talk about it here on On the Line. Uh, the article he's referencing, it's on AL.com, and it's actually a, a sort of a series that they're doing Uh, that they were talking to high school coaches from around the state and talking about uh, their uh, basically asking and getting their thoughts and opinions on college recruiting and the coaches and all of that. I highly, I look, I'll be honest, I didn't read the full thing through. Like I said, it's a, it's a longer series that they're doing on AL.com. So I recommend going and reading it. I'm going to go back and read through the entire thing and see fully what they were talking about and what everybody had to say about all the other places. Uh, but it's a big series. It, it, I think there's maybe, uh, maybe four parts to it. I could be wrong on that, but I recommend you go. That's what Dak was talking about. And so far, maybe Auburn's not making the impressions that they thought they were in these high schools and these high school coaches. I think a lot of that could be back from the beginning where we know where it was not pretty and Auburn was not making their, their connections in these high schools early on. But we'll see if they fix that and make an impact here as, uh, you know, maybe as the season goes on and hopefully as the next couple of years go on. Let's get into some more making headlines here on Monday, August 8th. 
As we've had some phone calls, which is fantastic. I love hearing from you. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. We talked about Auburn basketball. Fall camp for Auburn and fall practice, of course, is underway. And the one thing that I have heard from some, some buddies of mine in the media here and even some of the players that I've had a chance to talk to is the the amount of work that they're being put through right now in fall camp and fall practice is is unmatched, right? Talking to some of the guys just about the work and the work ethic and the amount of of um, of water they're having to drink because one, it is really hot outside, but two, just the work that they're putting in right now in practice and the the workouts and the exercises and everything, the drills that they're doing, uh, these guys are getting it right now. They are being put through the work, and I think that's a good thing. I think we can all agree that's what we want to hear from fall practice right now is these guys getting whipped into shape and hopefully they're ready because we are 26 days from Auburn starting this season against Mercer and you want these guys to be in the best shape of their life by the time the season rolls around so as fall practice continues we'll have more updates of course we'll have updates on position battles and all of that going on but Auburn fall practice uh, is officially underway moving on and making headlines we've only got about three minutes I'm going to run through these quickly the preseason top 25 coaches poll has been released it was released this morning and look you can you can read into this a ton if you want I don't read into it a ton but I do think it is important something to look at and talk about this is what the coaches around college football think about the state of college football right now where they are ranking teams as of today on Monday August 8th Alabama is in first followed by Ohio State Georgia Clemson and Notre Dame there's your top five Alabama, out of the 65 uh, coaches who vote in the poll, Alabama got 54 first place votes. Ohio State received five. Georgia received six. Somebody, to be funny maybe, they, they voted Texas. They gave them a first place vote. Not sure how that got through there, but Texas is 18th in the rankings, so that's kind of a... Uh, an outlier first place vote but overall uh, Auburn is not in the top 25 they did receive 98 points uh, which it's just how they do the voting system that's not 98 votes that's 98 points and so they are not in the top 25 they are on the outside looking in but they're about five or six teams back so uh, a couple of wins to start the season for Auburn because you don't play high level competition other teams do you get off to a hot two three and oh start you can maybe maybe move yourself into a top 25 as the season goes on couple of more headlines I'll run through really quickly here. Uh, the Braves over the weekend, we know they had a big series against the New York Mets, and it did not go the way the Braves would have wanted it to. Uh, five big-time games in New York, and uh, again, they – they were not successful, and they did not do what they needed to do. They were already a couple of games back from uh, the from the New York Mets, and it was a brutal series for, for Atlanta. They dropped four of five against the New York Mets. They lose game one, they win game two, and then they lose games three, four, and five. So a tough stretch for the Braves against the New York Mets. They have a game against the Red Sox tomorrow and on Wednesday. So we'll talk some more about the Braves a little bit later on. Kevin Durant in the NBA, he talked about how uh, today with the Brooklyn Nets, he reiterated he wants a trade, and he said it's either me or the head coach and the general manager. We all can't stay together. I thought that was kind of crazy, so read into that if you're interested. Also, the Little League World Series for baseball, if you're into that, it gets started on August 17th. I saw that headline today, and I wanted to let you know the Little League World Series, so much fun to watch here in this month of August. It gets underway on August 17th. 
We got 30 more minutes at hour number two. Stay tuned. Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network coming up. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goertz with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Well, as always, here on Monday afternoon, we have Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Hillman, we've got a lot to go over today, Auburn basketball and Auburn football. We'll start with basketball because we don't get to talk about it a whole lot in the month of August. They wrap up their trip playing a couple of Israel teams. Of course, they played the Israel under-20 team, the Israel All-Star Select team, and today the Israel National team. Before we dive into each game individually, just your overall takeaways from this trip against Israel. Yeah, I think the best way to describe it is how Jay Billis said it today was that this trip, just these 10 to 11 days that they spent together, has pretty much been the equivalent of a uh, just a full season worth of road games. And that's a big deal for a team and a program. You know, you only get to do this every four years. So uh, going into the season, there's going to be a lot of bonding that these teams or that this team has gone through. And a little bit different than last season when you had a lot of new faces and they had to figure things out for that first month of the season. Now it feels like they've already, they already really know each other and they've played together competitively. So I really think that this, no matter how you look at today's game or whatever, uh, regardless, it was a positive trip for uh, just chemistry and team bonding and things like that and really putting this program on the map, on the national map, as that this is really the first time that these kind of exhibition games have been televised. Of course, Kentucky's getting that in Puerto Rico um, next week, or the Bahamas, I believe. And that, that just makes a, that, that's just a big deal for Auburn to be the first to do that. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the importance of these games being on SEC Network. Just being on TV in general, uh, this was a big thing for Bruce Pearl to get him on TV. I was talking to uh, Joey Blackwell from Bama Central back in the first hour, and Alabama's currently on their overseas trip, and theirs are not televised, and they're not streamed anywhere. They're having to keep up with live stats, so it's super, super big for Auburn to be on TV with these games. But let's talk about all three games. We'll talk about the first game last Tuesday as Auburn played the the Israel under-20 team. They took care of business. They were playing some teenagers, but a good start for Auburn in this trip against Israel. Yeah, and I think that that is just how it works with these teams that are uh, that are younger and not as physical or physically demanding uh, as, say, the national team that they played today. I think that Auburn went out and did what they wanted to and did what they were supposed to, grabbing a ton of rebounds, passing the ball really well. I think it was 40-something assists in that game. Uh, that Auburn had, and that that's what Auburn wants to do and was able to do at will uh, against that under-20 team. And I think the, the physicality was, was its biggest advantage against uh, the under-20 uh, Israeli team. So just having that in your in, as your first game, that was pretty easy for Auburn to get comfortable and all those new faces to really get a feel for this offensive set and, and even the defense. So um, that, that's what was so impressive about that game was just that they went out and dominated like they should. 
And it was really the first time for us to really get a look at some of the newcomers in an Auburn uniform. Janai Broom transferring in. Of course, Yoan Treor and Chance Westry and Donaldson, right? We got to see those guys play against other squads for the first time. We're talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on On the Line. Then yesterday was the first time we got to see Auburn play against somebody with a little resistance. And the first half was extremely close. Obviously, Auburn pulled away and was able to dominate in the second half. What were some of the things you liked from yesterday's win for Auburn? The defense was just unbelievable. I mean, Chance Westry, he almost got up to double-digit steals, which is just so impressive for a young player like that. And I really like his game on the defensive end, being such a big combo guard. He can guard one through three, and that's going to give Auburn a big advantage when uh, when you have a, a defensive lineup with, for example, Katie Johnson, Zep Jasper, then Westry, and, and Janai Broom out there, and then whoever's at the center, whether that be Trey or Cardwell. That's a scary lineup for offenses to look at, and that's that's not even including Alan Flanagan, who, who is a great defender as well. So I, I really liked what I saw from Westry and everyone else on defense against the all-star select team, just able to just knock passes away and, and really convert them. I thought the, the, the fast break points were, were a big deal. You saw the highlight plays from Cardwell and, and, and Alan Flanagan. I thought one of the plays at the end of the first half yesterday, just that pass from Wendell Green to Alan Flanagan uh, off a rebound at the end of the, ha- the first half was just such a great play to see. And it was great to see Flanagan really uh, have that bounce and, and flush that dunk because – like we didn't see that a lot last year, but we saw it at sophomore year. So I was really impressed with the defense and, and how much they just warmed to the ball and was able to create turn of, turnovers. And Hillman, in those first two games, we saw the newcomers like Treor really have dominant performances on the offensive end. Uh, I mean, he I think he had 20 points maybe in both games, somewhere around mm-hmm. in there. Uh, we saw guys like him, Janai Broom, the newcomers come in and really dominate. Yeah, Treor, I think, is going to be a special player. He's he, he's so strong and physical. And, and, I mean, just some of those dunks he threw down, it, it shows what kind of bounce he has. But what I saw was he's not afraid to shoot the ball, and he and he will make it. So that's a little bit different than what you had from some of the bigs that Auburn has had recently, minus Jabari Smith, where you talk about the three-point shooting with them, but they aren't quite there uh, developed when they get to Auburn. I think Traylor has enough of a shooting ability where they're going to let him shoot it and he's going to be making them. So, uh, and, and this is obviously just at the beginning of his career. He, he hasn't even gone through full practices yet. So I, I'm really looking forward to Johan and how he is able to shoot the ball uh, once we get to the season because I think that he can really spread the floor when he's out there. And, and like I said, he's so physically demanding down low that it's going to open up a lot of possibilities for the offense. We're speaking with Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on On the Line. After two big-time wins for Auburn against the Israel Under-20 team and the Israel All-Star Select team, they come in today and they take a big step up in talent uh, in the opposition. They play the Israel national team, and they do lose 95-86 to against a team of professional basketball players with a couple of NBA guys on the team. What were your takeaways from today's game as Auburn loses to the Israel national team? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the, the, the level of competition was just so much higher, and, and Coach Pearl said it after yesterday is that this national team is 40 points better than the previous two opponents, and he was exactly right. And it's something that you, you just got to deal with from a team standpoint of 
this was the third game they've played together without practicing very much. So, of course, it, things were going to be a struggle. And you could see it is that the fact that the national team's ball movement was so much better than the other two opponents that you could see the defense being out of place at times. And it's not something that you're going to see as much during the regular season because they'll have gone through all those practices and, and non-conference play. So it's nothing I'm too concerned about at all because Auburn did keep it close, cut the deficit very close at several points. But, um, I mean, my goodness, Avdiat, well, he he was a player, and he, he, he fouled out at the end, and Auburn was just unable to catch back up. But he did a great job and, and really, really uh, uh, kept attacking uh, Auburn's defense. And I think he almost had 30 points, maybe not quite. But uh, I was still impressed by what uh, Flanagan and Treyor did against them because – it's just, it's just, it's a different breed. Those NBA players. So it was good to see them get some uh, action against him and show off defensive ability. Um, I, I was, I was, I was pleased with Auburn's play today, and I think part of it was that they did play two less, lesser competitive teams. And you know, when you go against a physically demanding team like this national team, you've got to rebound better. And uh, I don't think they were on their A game with the rebounding department. We've got Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on On the Line. When you look across these three games against the Jerusalem teams for Auburn, who's a player that's a newcomer this year, whether they're freshman or transfer, that you were impressed with over these three games? And then I'm going to ask you the same thing about somebody who was on the team last year uh, playing this and, and, again, coming back this year. A player from each one of those categories that you were impressed with over these three games. Yeah, so all, all the newcomers impressed me very much. And um, the one I'll go with is uh, a Chance Westry because I, I don't think really the expectation was for him to come in and, and contribute a lot. You you knew that Broom and Treyor were going to be coming in to, uh, to start for this team after losing Smith and Kessler. But I think Westry has really put himself in position to uh, get valuable minutes this upcoming season behind Wendell Green, Zep Jasper, Katie Johnson, and just that defensive tenacity that he showed in Israel was was really impressive. So I'm looking forward to see his offense game improve and, and develop. And that might be a thing in, in non-conference game. We might be able to see it every single game, him improve. So uh, I'm excited to see him continue to develop and uh, see what kind of minutes he gets when the season starts. And as far as a returnee, it, it's between, I think both of these guys stood out to me for sure. Dylan Cardwell and Zeb Jasper. Cardwell, he's just taking a step in every in every way. I think he's just looking better technically and just looks more comfortable out there. And then Zep Jasper, I mean, he shot the ball really well today. I think he was kind of your kind of your highlight uh, from the game today. Obviously, Wendell had 19 points and Broom had a double double, but Zep shooting ele- uh, scoring 11 points on 60 percent shooting that it, that's a big deal because I think that's what Auburn missed a little bit of last year was when he was on the floor. Yes, his defense was incredible, but I think sometimes there are points where he was not doing much on offense, and it was almost four on five on the offensive end. But he 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 showed flashes really in the middle of conference play last year. I think against Oklahoma as well, where you saw the offensive potential. And if he's comfortable shooting the ball like he was today, then it, it opens up the offense again, kind of like I was saying about Treyor. So I want to see that Jasper really get confident shooting the ball, and uh, he looks like it today. So we'll see if that carries over into the season. We're speaking with Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on On the Line. Back in hour number one, when I was breaking down these games and as the game was finishing up as Auburn falls to the Israel national team today by nine, 
the thing that I talked about in this upcoming season is it worries me that there's not a go-to shooter on this team. We obviously had Jabari Smith last year, but even then, I don't think he was used correctly and used as much as we should have. This year, my concern is as of right now, it is only August, but as of right now, there is no just go-to deathly shooter on this team. Do you agree with that, or is there somebody that you think can be that person? Yeah, I think I think right now the, the big thing is that you, you're not really sure who, who you're going to, and uh, especially from long range, you know, Wendell Green is the best three-point shooter on the team right now, but it's also one of those things where you need to see a little bit more consistency from him. And like you said, elsewhere, you've got guys that can shoot it, but it's not, it's, it's not obviously everyone wants to think back to the Final Four team, so to Bryce Brown level or even Jared Harper level. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, going back to what I was talking about with Zeb Jasper, I think he's someone that, you know, he's not going to score a lot of points, but he needs to get confident with the shot, and he can become a player like that. Uh, other than that, who knows what Chance Westry can do uh, shooting the ball whenever he, he figures things out and is shooting. And you know, on Traor, I think it's going to be your go-to offensive weapon, but it's a little bit different when you're talking about a big man. Uh, and I don't think he has the ability that Jabari Smith had last year. So it, it'll be interesting to see where Auburn goes to. And uh, some of the early season games, if they're close, we'll, we'll see what – uh, each of these guys has in them. Hillman, we've got a couple of more minutes before I let you get out of here. Let's talk some football because we are 26 days away from Auburn kicking off the season against Mercer. Uh, obviously, fall practice has begun and is underway. They've got a couple under their belt. What are some of the things that you have noticed and been hearing from fall practice so far for Auburn football? Yeah, I think that, the, I mean, from what, I, from what I've seen is the, the defense is uh, – Playing like it should, you know. It, we knew going into this that the defense is going to be uh, the strong suit, especially the defensive line. And and how it usually goes is the the defense is a little bit better than the offense uh, in these practices because it's early on and the defense kind of knows what's coming. And I really like what I've seen how uh, turnovers have been created and uh, it seems like guys like Jeffrey Emba, newcomers Marcus Bragg, th- those guys are really stepping up and and making their name known on the practice field. So. Uh, the big thing with the defensive line was a little bit of the depth, I think. So um, having them go out there and do that and show that they're ready to play SEC football is it, just a big step in the right direction, and and we'll we'll see how they continue to develop. And obviously the offensive side, that that's just got to keep building up and building up, and eventually we'll know who the starting quarterback is. That will tell us a lot more about what we're going to see from the Auburn offense this year. And Hillman, one more thing before I let you go. Over this next week or two, but obviously we'll talk to you next week, what are some of the things you're looking for position-wise Is it uh, for a position to step up and get even more um, production in this next week at practice? Is it you know the wide receivers or the offensive line, whoever it may be? What's that position that you're going to have your eye on over the next week or so? Yeah, you, you really nailed it with the wide receivers right there because I think that that is the position group that uh, maybe is was le- it's been least consistent for Auburn over uh, a couple years, and uh, someone that Coach Harson and Coach Keysaw talked about in their uh, opening press conferences was Tavares Dawson Jr. That he's probably one of the most improved players uh, th- this season from spring to summer and into fall. So if someone like that is able to really continue to do that and continue to improve and become an explosive playmaker then Auburn's in a great position because I think you've got plenty of guys that are capable, but it's just who's going to be the guy that comes out of nowhere and does something? Because we know Shed Jackson, we know Landon King, Coy Moore. I think those guys, Javarius Johnson, 
those guys are going to get theirs. They're, they're going to play well like they have been, and, and we expect Coy Moore to do. So I think having someone like Dawson come out of nowhere and, and, and really shine would be a big deal for this Auburn offense. So uh, that's kind of the position group I'm looking for, and specifically him. Um, I want to see him really, really shine in those, especially those first two games where he's, he's not going to be a starter unless he just really goes crazy in these practices. Um, he's going to have to come in um, throughout the rotation. So I'd, I'd like to see him really do well in those first two non-conference games. Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on this Monday afternoon, man. Thank you so much for your time as always. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you're doing. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU and look forward to speaking to you again next week. Maybe and hey, a full week of full week of practice we'll have down. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have some more football stuff to talk about, maybe some position battles that are getting a little bit more clear. Uh, Hopefully we're staying away from injury stuff. I do not want to have to talk about that next week. But, man, we'll talk to you next week, all right? Thank you, Jacob. War Eagle. War Eagle to you as well. That's Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Let's take our final break. We'll come back and wrap up this Monday edition of On the Line when we come back right here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Obelika, sports leader. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrap it up this Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. Albert Opelika Sports Leader Jacob Goins with you here for the next couple of minutes. Make sure you stay tuned. It'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck from 4 to 6 right here on ESPN 1067. We've got a couple of more minutes here before I get out of here. If you missed anything from today's show, be sure and go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I'll go and upload that immediately following today's show commercial free. So make sure you go and find that. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or go to ESPNAU.com. That's ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center and you can find it right there as well. We talked to Joey Blackwell back in hour number one from Bama Central, getting you updated on all things going on with Alabama Athletics and Tuscaloosa. We just got off the phone with Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, Talked to him a lot about Auburn basketball as they wrapped up their trip playing uh, some Israel teams. So uh, great stuff from both of those guests. Had some great callers today. It's been a great show. So if you missed any of it, be sure and go and look for the podcast. Catch up on everything that happened on today's show. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or go to espnau.com well a couple of more minutes here and final take for today it is about auburn basketball and it's exciting to be able to talk about this in august because auburn had the chance to go and play the israel under 20 team the israel all-star select team and today the israel national team They also had a chance to have those games televised. They were on SEC Network, all three of them, and that's really important because that is big-time exposure for this team, for this program, in the eyes of recruits, in the eyes of the college basketball world, in the eyes of the basketball world in general. I mean, there were people uh, overseas watching Auburn basketball play, right? And I think that's really, really important for Bruce Pearl and this team. But final take is Auburn goes two of three against these Israel teams, right? They lose today against the Israel national team. They played a team that had some serious talent, and they played against a team today that had legitimate professional basketball players, guys that play in the NBA. They played against these guys today, and 
Auburn held their own. Auburn held their own as a team with some people coming back from last year, but also quite a few, quite a bit of newcomers. You had some freshmen coming in, uh, obviously a transfer with Janai Broom. And so overall, Auburn goes two of three in these games, and it was a successful trip. You know where you stand as a team, as a program, and each player knows exactly where they stand right now in their game as August uh, goes on. Right, the month or the the uh, the season is still a couple of months away, but this was a great trip from Auburn basketball. You win a couple of games, you know where you stand, and now it's time to get better. That's it for the Monday edition of On the Line. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.